Welcome back to the Love, Truth, and Power podcast. In this episode, we hear the voices of beautiful and empowered young women, their pain, their struggles, their growth, and the bonds that bind them, growing up in a village of color. Let's get into it. Okay, thank you girls for joining me. I really appreciate having you here. Um, I do the intro stuff. So here's your first question to introduce yourself, okay? It's tell us your name and without saying your parents' name, don't say their name, just introduce your parents to us and to the audience. <laughs> don't say their name, just say your name and then introduce your parents. Introduce your father and then your mother, not as a couple. Um, my name is Silvery, and my parents. Um, your father first. Um, my dad. Um, is a funny, loving, involved father. <laughs> um, my mom is. Tell the truth. I'm her mom, but um, tell me. <laughs> Um, a really intentional, um, really loving, a, too, a little too involved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's accurate. I'm <laughs> uh, next. I'm Tiara. Um, my dad, the coolest, most charismatic, fun-loving personality. Um, all around, honorable man, the world will never get another. And my mother, the most calm, uh, just poised and intellectual woman who is just a class act for sure. <clears throat> my name is Rachel. <laughs> Uh, my father is a very trustworthy, uh, strong, intelligent man of God. Um, and my mother is my queen, my rock, my rib, and an all-around amazing woman. My name is Brianna. Um, my dad is the most open, the most honest, the most caring person in the world. Um, my mother is the most overprotective, honest, <laughs> craziest person I've ever met. But love her to death. I know her. She's accurate about that. <laughs> and I my name is Ashley. Uh, my dad is the goat. Uh, he's very caring, very suave. Never lets us go without. And he's very much the dad, but your best friend at the same time. And my mom is the best, um, my support system, my rock, the best grandma ever. And yeah. She's a fine grandma, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Lucretia. Um, my dad is a strong, family-oriented man. Um, my mom is a truthful blood <laughs> but loving woman i'm tanisha um my dad is a great man um very easy to talk to um and very loving my mom is a firecracker, very open, very strong, um, a really just resilient woman. I'm Lyric. Um, my dad is very funny, approachable, giving, and humble. And my mom is very ruthless and very intense, but in the best ways possible. 
So thank you for introducing them. So now, um, as you guys were talking, I think one of the things you might have not noticed and I want to point out is that as you guys were introducing your parents, each of you, the rest of you were shaking your head. And that's because um, you guys are in a very privileged and unique position where each of you was raised around the other's parents um, and all of us and them were very involved in, in all of you guys' lives. And so I want you to speak to what that experience was like for you. And I get that you can't put it in a different context because you don't know the other side of not being raised in a community like that that was very invested in you guys' lives. But if you could just go back to, you know, your early childhood, um, not too long ago, but, you know, as teens, if you just go back to that moment, I want if you could share, like, what was an experience that you had in the community that you really value about having other parents involved in your life? Something that you really value. <clears throat> Does it necessarily have to be like from your childhood? Not necessarily. I would think for me, um, I don't get to see the dads often because going away for school and then moving and stuff like that. But when I moved into my first home, they all showed up and made sure that I was good bless my home for me and I just value that because not everyone my age or a young woman at all has the opportunity to call someone else's father to show up for them. So I, I appreciate that. I think I appreciate that all of us being like army brats when dads were deployed or gone or whatever, it was never like a lacking experience. Like if dad was deployed, we could run like, oh, Mr. McKay, can you look at this? Mr. Page, can you do this? I think that's probably one of the greatest things growing up because it's easy to miss them when they're gone. But to have five other dads in the neighborhood is a blessing. Yeah, I want to speak to that Army brat experience. My mother was deployed, and there was a time uh, Thanksgiving was coming around, and my dad didn't know how to cook. <laughs> Even though he would try and claim like he was the best chef ever. Um, Miss Ruth was nice enough and so gracious to open her home for us to um, have Thanksgiving dinner. And he talked about, oh, this food so good. <laughs> <laughs> After that, he just kept talking about it. And we, I didn't realize like the magnitude of how much that gesture meant to not just me, because I'm just like a kid, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> but like for my dad to know that there are other people in this community that he can lean on and that we lean on each other. It just means so much more now that I'm an adult. And I just never thank you for thank you. But yeah. I think I want to piggyback off that. Um, for me, Thanksgiving was always, we going to the fires and stuff. Because not all of us were able to go and visit our family. So the fact that we had another family open their door amongst having their family there and allowing us to celebrate holidays with them. Um, that was a blessing. Um, not a lot of people have that. Um, and even to this day, I mean, we haven't spoken so long, but it, it feels like we're so welcome here. And you just don't get that often. So. <laughs> For me, um, when I lost Ryan, my dad wasn't there that night. And I think that's just speaks volumes like the relationship was so genuine, like in that situation. They just go, they just come wherever, it's not a question. And you feel like they're actually our dads or our other moms. It's not like a Mr. type of thing, a distant person. It's actually a family. 
I just remember it meant something to me back then because, of course, I had like wild hair growing up. And I remember mom had like limited knowledge of what to do with my hair. And I remember a few times, like when I wanted my hair cornrowed, I remember tears, mom, wait, cornrow my hair. And it got real bad, real nasty one time. And Miss Tanya came and burned my hair with me. <laughs> And like I said, it's petty, but like in hindsight, it's just like good to have, you know, that village and other women who know, you know, what to do or step in when need be because they was not ready to have me walk around the path. <laughs> so what is something that used to get on your nerves as a teenager um, about your parents? that you now have come to appreciate. Mm. Oh my go. gosh, can't, ooh, the strictness. We can go to it. Oh my God. Where are we gonna start? <laughs> How long we got? <laughs> That's a whole podcast right there. I think like a lot of people on Fort Lee had a lot of freedoms and they could go walk anywhere. They went to all the youth center parties and we were literally confined to the cul-de-sac to the point that we were walking around like hamsters on a wheel because we couldn't go nowhere. We had to ask to walk to the bus stop. <laughs> we the bus stop trip. that we went to every day for school, we had to ask on the weekend if we could go to the bus stop. Oh up the hill. Up the hill. Walk to the shop bag. Right. Yeah. Take your sister with you. <laughs> the job was always right behind us. No, anyway, the three of us. Mom said we had to go. <laughs> We didn't walk with y'all, we walked about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to be seen with y'all. But then the other ones were behind y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. But I will say, now, knowing how crazy the world is, yeah, like, right. I get it. Only like, I mean, I don't have kids, but like, just going to the store with Maddox, I can't let him be out my sight uh -huh. at all. Or like, not within, like, I could grab you real quick if somebody tried to like, right. come and snatch you. And at the time, I didn't get it because I'm like, who finna kidnap us? Like, <laughs> it's right down the street. We all for it, Lee. Right. Like, but like I said, now I appreciate it, just like knowing how crazy the world is. And there's like, I mean, a million other ways that y'all were strict. But just the fact that I feel like we're a little more level-headed than other women in the world, I feel. Now that like, because I feel like we were sheltered on Fort Lee. But like once we got off Fort Lee and you really see like what's going on out here, it was necessary for y'all to be a little strict on us because we would have been wild. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and especially the way things are nowadays where everything seems to be so centered on destroying a black woman, I can see why you guys made sure he knew where we were at at all times and stuff like that. Especially with having my own kid. I couldn't imagine him asking to walk somewhere. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> And it had to be in this group. Like, I couldn't sleep at anybody's house unless it was unless somebody it was from school. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then my mom would be like, can I meet their parents? I'm like, why you got to meet their parents? <laughs> <laughs> like, Doing too That'd be so good, Rihanna. I ain't going to answer. My child, y'all know she ain't going to work. And as a social worker, baby, I know how to investigate. I'm asking all the questions. <laughs> Who your family is, what mental health y'all got, y'all got any abuse history, y'all got criminal history. I'm all up in that. Mm -mm. And then it was crazy to realize that y'all was really like a team because you could just be like, oh, well, I'm going to say a tea house. Okay, well, I'm about to call this page and make sure. <laughs> there won't be no lies over there. Right. There's no lies. <laughs> tell me what is one of the greatest compliments that your dad has ever given you? <laughs> well, you guys know when I was a child I was bad. <laughs> um, so to hear my father say that he's proud of the woman that I have become and the mother and the wife that I am um, means a lot. I came a long way. Um, and so that is one of the greatest compliments you, that I've ever heard from my dad is that he's 
proud of the woman that I am, the mother that I am, and the wife that I am. So. I think it's probably um, when Dad played that song for us, and he was like, this is exactly how I feel about you guys, and it was my greatest inspiration. I think that, and to piggyback on what Rachel said, him telling me that I'm a really good mom means a lot. I think for me, um, my dad always relates my heart to his. He always says I'm so selfless and always giving and caring for other people just like him. So that means a lot because everybody I know looks up to my dad and they appreciate him for all that he does. So it means a lot that he thinks that of me too. So. For me, my dad, he was a man of very few words, unless he had a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and my family, it's, it's really weird. We knew everyone, you know, we all loved each other. We didn't really give compliments. We gave like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> but he would look at me and just smile and shake his head. If I, you know, I graduated high school and college, he would just look at me, smile, shake his head, and be like, all right, good, good job, little one. <laughs> or he would just, you know, tell me, yeah, you know, you, you're doing good. You're doing good. Or when I was your age, I didn't have all this. When I was your age, I didn't have this job making all this money. I'm like, oh, yeah, time to change. <laughs> That's his way of complimenting me, and that was enough for me. I just knew that in his eyes I was all right. I think with my dad, he has a way of complimenting me when I need it the most, but it's not like he knows when I need it the most. He just happens to just say it. And um, one that really gets to me is when he tells me that I'm strong and that he's witnessed me overcome plenty of obstacles and different trials that I've had to encounter in life. I think that means a lot. Yeah, I'll piggyback off that one because that's like what I was going to say about that. I was trying to get my words together. <laughs> I'm like, I even brought up this like, cool. <laughs> But um, I just remember specifically going through a hard time. And this ain't no shade to my siblings or whatever. But um, I remember him coming to me when I was having like a weak moment and him saying, like, I know for a fact you're the strongest of all my children. Like, I know for a fact everything you're going through, like, you got this. So now I'm going to flip it to a little bit more complicated one, right? Because the relationship between <laughs> fathers and daughters is usually very, um, you know, special when they're present and around and influential. 
the relationship between daughters and mothers mm -hmm. usually is much more complicated. And it doesn't change, you know, it, it's, it's just what it is regardless of the community that you're raised in. It's always a complicated relationship with mothers and daughters. And so I'm going to ask you um, to share just a memory or a piece of advice or a compliment that your mom has um, given you that maybe was hard to receive in the moment. Um, and, and now that you're an adult, you realize, okay, it's, it was for my good, right? Um, because no matter how old you get, I think the, the relationship doesn't, dynamics don't change between mothers and daughters, so, yeah. So when I first had Ryan, and I'm thinking, you know, this is my man, he's supposed to help, we a team, we doing this together. My mama said, you're the woman, it's on the woman, excuse me? <laughs> why Why is it on the woman? Like, I ain't do this by myself. This is a 50-50. Like, you change pamphlet, you give a bottle, whatever. And just going through that whole thing, even up until now, I see, like, yeah, it, it is really mostly the woman. I mean, it shouldn't be that way, but it is. And back then, I was a little upset about, the, like, that's real, like, sexist. Like, don't put me in no box. Like, <laughs> this ain't all on me. But at that time, not knowing that where I was going to be now, like, yeah, it is, you know, a lot of it is on the woman, unfortunately. I think, um, at some point, at many points in the past, those are relationships I shouldn't have been in, but one in particular. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, I think even though it was simple, <laughs> even though it was simple advice, I think it does make you snap too when you're like, okay, I love you, but you're better than what you're doing right now. And you're better than what you're dealing with. And I think back then it was like, I'm out here trying to have fun. And now that I'm grown, I'm like, that really sits with me. Yeah. I, oh, go sorry. ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. So I guess um, kind of found on what Ashley was saying relationships and also trying to withhold information from my mother, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not lying. Withhold information. <laughs> <laughs> they don't find it. They don't find So she told me really simple, like, stand in your truth and nobody else can tell you otherwise. If you stand in your truth, you don't have a reason to lie. You don't have a reason to withhold information because this is your decision and you're a woman and you stand on it. And from that point forward, life has just been so different because everything I do, I have reasons for it and there's no one that, you know, can sway me in one way or the other. So I've been standing in my truth ever since and it's just being a woman. Ooh, um, we all know my mother. She is very um, aggressive and intense when she's trying to tell you something, but she always means it with love and I think my relationship with my mom is different than my siblings we are so close um sorry my mom is so selfless and she sacrificed a lot of herself for her children and I remember I had a very um low point in college and I wanted to give up and I didn't want to hear her encouraging words or what she thought was encouraging but I'm just like I don't want to hear this um and she just would always say like I want you to be better than me my mom loves her life loves her children loves her husband and everything that she had to endure to get to where she is but she doesn't want her children to go through that and I would appreciate that now because I'm in such a good place with my career um, my personal life, and she is to thank for that, so. Um, <clears throat> kind of like what Bree said, um, you know, when she's trying to um, be there for you, give you advice, and um, uplift you, is very stern and blunt, and you don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, 
there were times when I wanted to give up and not trying to get too personal, but you know, within um, my marriage and um, things like that. And um, she would encourage me and tell me, you know, it's not worth it, don't give up, keep fighting, you know, things like that. So I can appreciate it for that. I didn't cry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll say um, what irritated me so bad before that now I appreciate probably more than any other time in my life is just when I would come with like a specific problem, like this is what I'm going through. And my mom was just like, you know, just pray, you know, just talk to God about it. I'm like, girl, this ain't what I want to hear. <laughs> I need a real solution, like right now. Right. And it would just be so, like, and we always had kind of a relationship with God. Like, we grew up in the church, but not really. And the relationship before I was like, I just pray, say my grace. God, please wake me up in the morning. And that was it. Now, the more I've gone through different things, I realize like how important that relationship is because I was always trying to solve my problems in the most worldly ways or like mm-hmm. I'm going to do this and that should lead to this and then I should be here or if I just do this, that'll fix this. And God will always be like, no, like always humbling me, always humbling me, <laughs> always reminding me like, and like like now when I think about everything that I've been through, nothing I did changed anything. It was always God and God's timing and mm-hmm. me praying and me talking to God. And now when I've been in more recent situations that I realize like I literally have no control over this. I literally feel like nobody feels me. I literally have nobody to talk to about this. And now I realize the only person I've had to really rely on is God. Like I can talk to my friends. I can talk to my mom, but y'all not. Mm-hmm. Y'all really can't fix it either. Like the mm-hmm. only person who can get me through it and fix it is God. And I feel so much better now. Like when I pray, or when something happens, I know now I go instantly to like I have no control over this. God's gonna <clears> fix it. I just gotta wait it out. I've done this before. I'm gonna do it again. Like, and I only have that relationship with God because of my mom hounding me. Like, <laughs> just pray about it. Just gotta just give it to God. Just give it to God. And like like before, just oh, earth. Like okay, I'm done talking to you. <laughs> but now I can go to Him without even having to talk to anybody else because at the end, it is His say so, and it takes so much stress off me now to just know like He gonna work it out. So the relationship with your with moms are usually more complicated between daughters and mothers, right? And so what's what one piece of advice that she gave you or said to you that used to work your nerves but now has turned out to be true and you're like, okay, yeah, she was right. I think Pick one thing that has <laughs> I think the thing that stuck with me the most is that um, to play my part and for me I always saw like a lot of potential in things and situations and maybe even people and you instead of telling me like it's going to be a fairy tale or it's going to go this way it's like okay but you know this is the role you have to play like you're going to have to take the lead and I'm like no it'll go in a different way because I'm going to plan for it to be this way like based on either the person that you're with or your personality play your role and don't and plan for that. Don't just think it's going to be a fairy tale because nothing really is. And even though I didn't like it at the moment, looking back, I'm like, yeah, that would have been a whole different situation had I just stepped up and not trying to make myself something that I wasn't. One thing I will say that um, with my mom, she, her bluntness and her truthfulness can come off as sometimes I'll take it as her being mean. Well, I used to, not now, but I used to take it as that. But um, one thing that stuck out is her truthfulness with saying everybody isn't your friend. And I would um, (laughs) tell her about my friendships or my problems or, you know, so-and-so did this or whatever. And she would 
let me know, like, you know, everybody ain't your friend or that person may not have the best intentions for you. But back then I looked at it as, she don't know what she's talking about. That's my friend. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> but all in all, now that we've grown up, there was things that she could see, parents could see that we couldn't at that time. two-parter okay and I'm gonna introduce it so young women today under are under a lot of pressure to be fit and fabulous and a magazine cover ready person at all times and um, the definition of beauty has regularly intentionally and systemically um, always worked to program all of us right to believe that beauty is defined in blonde, blue eyes, straight hair, skinny. Um, and so, one, as a woman, right, and, and like I said, and as you get older, you're expected to be all things to all people. So, um, if you could just talk about your experience about having to be all those things as a young woman, the pressure that it is and how you experienced it. And then following that, because it's a two-part question, I also want you to reflect on anything that your parents or the village, the community has done to help you be strong in who you are, even though you don't match the blonde, blue eye um, European definition of beauty. Growing up as a dark-skinned woman was a struggle. Growing up and having kids tell you that you were ugly because you were darker than them and hate you because you were dark-skinned. And the crazy part about it was I never got it from anybody that was Caucasian, blue eyes, blonde hair. I got it from everybody that was black like me. So for people who were my people to hate me because I was darker than them, I didn't understand that. And um, even to this day, I still get some of it. Um, and then being within this community where I was in my group of friends, I'm the only dark-skinned person in my group of friends. So always feeling a little less than because I was dark-skinned and because of what other people told me. So that in itself was a struggle. Always feeling like I had to do more to kind of keep up with my friends who I felt like didn't have to do as much because they were light-skinned. Um, but then having those same friends in same community kind of back me up and say, like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, black is beautiful. Like, I wish I could get a little bit of that. And like, you don't want these problems. <laughs> <laughs> so just as a dark-skinned woman, like, there was no place for us in society's view of what beautiful was. I feel like until recently. I feel like now there's a bunch of dark-skinned women out there that are in the spotlight, that are beautiful, gorgeous, and people are supporting them for that. But before that, there was nothing that included us. If you weren't white or light, you weren't right. So, and then trying to be fit. Okay, even if I am smaller than what I am now, I'm still dark-skinned. So what is it really going to do for me? I think in the younger days, it was the opposite problem of, Everybody thought you thought you were better than everybody else because you were light-skinned or because you were mixed or you're soft because you're light-skinned so then people try to bully you for no reason. Um, and I think it helped. I mean, obviously having parents, but it helped having friends like because we would have certain people in the neighborhood that would say things and act like, you know, they want to fight you just because you're prettier than what they are. But, like, one, you can't control that, but it helps having the friends that just, like, Girl, we can all go fight her right now. Not that that's the right answer, but to have that support makes a difference. And I want to say something about that. Like, just the, the group of friends and the support you have, I didn't know that back then. Like, I didn't know that it was because of the way that I looked that they felt intimidated because I didn't feel that confidence within myself. Right. Um, but now that I'm older and I see, I'm still getting it till this day. Like. Mm -hmm. You know, I have women that feel intimidated, so they treat me rude and try to bully me and try to, you know, get one up on me. And it's just ridiculous. Like, it's crazy that even to this day, I still have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, but 
when I was younger, you know, I was a stick figure and I wanted to be thicker and I just thought that that was the, the thing, like you have to have, you know, hips and butt and stuff like that. And then now that I'm a little thicker, I feel like you got to have a flat stomach and <laughs> I don't know what to do. So having that group of friends in that village, like always uplift you, like, girl, you look good, you're beautiful. Girl, you married, I know you ain't got to worry about that. But it's, it's just a confidence within myself, like. I know that I'm married and I know that I would never do anything, but I just want to feel beautiful within myself. And, you know, everybody has their own insecurities. So this world is just crazy, man. Mm -hmm. They make you want to feel like you're supposed to look like this and you want to go get your butt lifted. And it's just so much. It's just crazy. But, yeah, I feel like I didn't answer that correctly, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that made me feel more normal was that even though I looked at my friends, like, in my mind, they didn't have any struggles like I had. Like, y'all can understand what it was like being dark-skinned and having people hate you to be dark-skinned, but realizing they had those same struggles for being light-skinned, it honestly, and it might sound really bad, but it made me feel better. Because I felt like I wasn't alone. Right. Like, even Everybody though has no struggle, right? I felt like they were on whatever level or mm -hmm. pedestal or whatever, they still have their own insecurities. So even if you are what society feels like you should be, there's always going to be somebody that has something to say about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have to be secure in, within yourself so that no matter what anybody else has to say, it doesn't shake that foundation that you have for yourself. So I can agree with that. I didn't personally have that type of experience growing up. And if I did, I never like paid attention to it. But I would say, like, now that I'm older and I'm in, like, the corporate world, I'm around blonde hair, blue eyes, stick figures, and I'm currently battling fixing myself, having conversations with my dad about I need to get a breast reduction because I'm walking around looking like this and they look like that. Um, then being mixed, having a black dad and a white mom, they want you to pick a side and stay there. Mm -hmm. But my parents are very, like, be true to you. You have both sides. You can embrace both of those. So that's something that I feel like we've battled as well. Like, am I going to support the black people or support support the white people? And it's just... And I know I went already, but I just want to say this. It's so bad that my my son is like, Mom, you're white. Because of what he hears from other people. Oh, your mom's so light-skinned and she black. Like, So he thinks I'm white. And I have to explain to him. <laughs> is white mommy is mixed I'm just not white but since I'm light-skinned he think I'm white and we still working on that because <laughs> he's darker than you <laughs> <laughs> oh. what's well, a piggyback kind of off what Rachel was saying I feel like it's the same as far as me being light-skinned I didn't know that what the issue was until I actually moved off of Fort Lee first and then being like middle school and high school then I knew why then I, then I feel like it did change me to make me, I'm a more aggressive person. I'm like a, the fighter. <laughs> because people always try to bully me or belittle me or say they're going to cut my face up if, they, if the guy they like, like me and stuff like that. And I didn't understand it at first. And so I feel like it kind of shaped me to make me more aggressive. But I also feel like because this was after the village, this is when we moved off base. So I feel like on base, everything felt a little more normal because we had, obviously my mom's Mexican, my dad's black. Next door was them, their mom was white, their dad was black, their parents were black, but it wasn't like, it didn't see, and that's how I thought the world was. Right, like right. I thought that was like normal at the time and because they showed us so much love and didn't treat me better because I'm light skinned and her words because she's dark skinned, like I didn't think I feel like y'all just like gave us so much love that it gave us confidence, you know, as kids to just be able to be kids and not have those problems. But now that I'm older and there's social media, it makes me like second guess myself in a way that I've never second guessed myself before. Like, and like I said, it's more so society. If it wasn't for social media, just like if I just had these friends and the people that we grew up with, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have the same issues but now it does make me fits. but when I was a kid I didn't realize it was a problem that I had no butt like <laughs> I knew Grisha had a big butt I thought I but I didn't think it was an issue till like right. social media right. or until like people start saying things and like yep. 
luckily for me, I've always had a certain level of self-confidence, even when I won't get cute, just because <laughs> I feel like my mom just like instilled that in me. Like she made me think I was a stuff, so I thought I was stuff. But little things like growing up, I would say too, like me having red hair was a real insecurity of mine. Like I just felt like I was like, what are you And that's the thing. It was like, mom, you guys, my um, you guys is moms. So all the time, like. Oh, your hair is so different. You're so special. Da, da, da. And I'm just like, they're trying to make me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I know what's up. I know I look different. Um, but, and then as I got older, it's still black now because I like it. But, like, as I got older, I got more confident in it because, like I said, of the village, of them telling me it was pretty, of their moms telling me it was pretty, of Mr. Pedro was calling me Big Red. <laughs> everything. So, it's like, I feel like even when I get insecure, I still have a little level of balance in me because I grew up with people telling me that I was enough. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Can we read the real it? Yes. <laughs> I missed it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like weird. Oh, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I did. I did all this all introduction about the expectations to be fit, fabulous, and match the. You know what is defined as beauty. Um, and so I was asking, you know, how does that impact you, what pressure it put, and what helped you? Um. I will say for myself, um, being a very figured woman, um, everybody would look at it as, ooh, your body looks nice, or I want your body, and all that other stuff. But the stigma that comes with that, people interpret you as, this type of person that you're not or she thinks she's all that because she got a lot of or she thinks she can get anybody she want or even to the point of where oh she um she may sleep with a lot of men or have all these men because of how her body looks but and it was to a point where I I humbled myself I was never overconfident like trying to show my body or nothing like I could simply wear certain clothes that other people could wear but my body would still stand out and I remember at times it wasn't until after I would say after high school that I actually was proud of my body in high school middle school I used to hide my body mm-hmm. I'd wear big t-shirts I wouldn't wear tight jeans because of the attention that my body would get. But now it's like, embrace what you have. Who cares what someone says? I have family and friends who know who I am and I don't listen to what society or social media and the haters say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me borrow it for a weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would uh, pretty much say the same thing as Syl and Cree because Hey, I've always kind of been not overconfident, but when I got my hair done, my mom would braid it or I would get it straight. You couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and also, as I got older, I, you know, I was developed. I had like boobs, and other people didn't, so I would wear like big shirts. And then I had a conversation with my sister about it. I'm like, well, why is this like why is this happening? She's like, you know, it's a normal, embrace it, but. I never felt like I could talk to like my mom about it or like other people just because it was like an insecurity but I did feel confident talking to my sister and like making sure that nothing's wrong with me like this is normal mm-hmm. because other people like kids your age would be like you know right. you would notice it's attention and it's like negative it's not anything that you are doing different it's just comes with you know the territory but yeah having that person you can go to and you can feel confident it just helps I think being so young on Fort Lee and having this like kind of village, we had the parents, but then we also had like all these older sisters. Like my image wasn't even something that I thought about until I got to high school, or maybe like junior high school, when other people started making comments because I had boobs or because I was bigger. Or I was probably like the biggest one out of my friends. I was taller, I was bigger, and everything. And so, but I never thought about it because of how um, we were raised with everybody. And I remember just really feeling down about it. And it was just one time they were here getting ready to go out to the club and they just didn't care about nothing but having a good time. And that left a really big influence on me. Like, why are you worried about it? Who are these people? They're not gonna be anybody. 
no time soon. And I was like, in a couple of years, I'll be out of here and it'll be fine. But just their confidence of going out and having fun like left a really big impact on me and how I looked at myself. So women are often pitted against each other. And many times, you know, we buy into that and are less supportive of each other, um, particularly in communities of color, as you guys just alluded to, right? It's the dark skin versus light skin, straight hair versus natural hair, and so on and so on and so on. And so, uh, and as women, you know, we don't always necessarily have to be pleasant and get along, and we know that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but many times it's used, right, to pit us against each other, just our differences. Um, but I know, you know, from my experience as an adult and watching you guys, you know, grow up, separate, come back together, things happen. One of the things that I has been consistent um, that I see about you guys is that if one of you succeeds or does something or has some type of milestone or whatever, no matter how society is and has been to pit women against each other at every age and any age, one of the things that has been encouraging from a woman's perspective is that when one of you reaches a milestone, all of you are happy for that person, regardless of closeness, distance, life happens. Mm -hmm. um, where do you think that comes from? And why has that not been something that actually works to separate and pit you guys against each other? Again, we all know that we're grown and we have differences, but it's never, but if one of you has something that's gone right for you, all the rest of you are happy for that person. Where do you think that comes from? I say, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all got it. <laughs> Before it's all this silence. <laughs> I think it's, honestly, I think it comes from the way we were raised. I think especially with you, Mom, like, you always instilled, like, a certain confidence in us. So a lot of women who seem to be lost is because you don't come from the best foundation, I think because you made it very clear to us that because she does something amazing, it doesn't take anything away from me. I can be happy for you and whatever you have going on. And I think that is a big thing with social media and younger people nowadays. You feel like you can't cheer her on because you're not there, but that's not your life and that's not your journey. And I think the fact that you put that in us, like raised us that way, I can always be happy for somebody else and cheer them on even if that's not where I get to be yet. It doesn't take away anything from their accomplishment and me being happy for them. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the things that we've gone through, it never had anything to do with us being light skin or dark skin. Our issues never surrounded that aspect of our friendship. Um, but then, like what Axel was saying, at the end of the day, if your friend is winning, it doesn't take away from you. But also, if God can do that for you in their life, then what can he do for you in your life? If you can see him blessing somebody else, he gonna bless you as well. So don't get mad or envious of their blessing. It may not be for you at that time, but it's going to come. So you stand and you support them in their blessing, their happiness, whatever moment they're having, because yours is coming. Yeah, and I also think, just because it came to my head, like really, for me, I'm very, I mean, pro-black. So if you win, I win. That's how I see it. If you're winning, I'm winning. If she's winning, then I'm winning. When so I win, you win. So the question, and I'm gonna bring you back to the question because I like the answer, but go deeper for both of you. Where does that come from though? It's what I'm saying. So even those things that you guys said are true, but where does it come from? So for you, T, when you were talking about that, you can have that thought about, okay, so God is gonna, you know, he's gonna bless you and he's gonna bless me, but go deeper like where does that belief come from like that so, mentality correct because not everybody believes that way right. and so since mm -hmm. we're changing the narrative for me it's like what is that how did you get there how did you arrive there <laughs> i think it's the loyalty we were raised on yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and watching y'all and how your friendship with like our parents and we mm -hmm. had something to look up to and and i think that it helped us all because i wasn't always 
happy for the next person. You know, I was the one that, oh, why isn't this happening to me? Why does she get to do this? And she's done all this in her life, but she gets to be blessed with this. And I did this. And so I wasn't always like that. I literally had to grow into that um, and humble myself and, you know, talk to myself and stuff like that. And I am there now. I'm happy. Uh, you know, even if we don't talk, I'm still happy for what you have going on and, you know, and pray for you and, you know, glad that you're being blessed and stuff like that. So I did have to grow into that. I wasn't always that kind of person. So. Yeah, and I do think it comes from the way we were raised in the village we were raised in because even like sometimes like back in the day you know when you're young it's not as apparent that that's how it is you're just like well why does she get to do this and right. i don't get to do this right. but i know that one time i had a conversation with dad and it was just like you know how anytime silver does something great or lyric does something great or whatever you're rooting for them and it feels like a win for you and you're proud it's the same with T, Rachel, Tiana, Tierra, Creature, Brianna, Sierra, you're all sisters. Right. So when somebody wins, they're always winning. And I think it comes from that, like the foundation of you and dad instilling that in us and having those conversations and letting me sit in my confidence that it doesn't take anything away from me to cheer you on. Mm -hmm. And I think like what Sylvie said earlier, like they didn't treat us a different type of way because we were light skin and they were dark skin. So they never made us feel like we were ever in competition with each other. Right. right. It was just what it was. We were just family. Right. We were all really legit. Just all right, friends. friends. Like, yeah. yeah. We're just all related. <laughs> yeah. And I will say too, like, because now I realize I always thought I was old, but like now that they're like <laughs> in their thirties and we're like about to be in our thirties. And I realize now when we were kids, y'all were this age. And y'all could have our parents were this age. Oh, okay. <laughs> so even more so now thinking about it like I never saw you or their moms competing with each other. Right. I yeah. never saw y'all I never even sat around and heard y'all bad mouthing other women. Right. Right. I never felt like it was a competition. It was like always so much love that I can't even think of them way not even mm -hmm. just them but like any right. other person that way and like I said we're not it's in our nature like we're women you have faith in some jealousy mm -hmm. you have phases of mm -hmm. feeling right. certain things but because it's not our core mm -hmm. because of how we grew up I feel like it makes it it's probably easier for us than it is for the rest of society because I don't believe a lot of people grew up that way and on top of that because of like the love that y'all have and still have and the respect and love that y'all always shown each other, I feel like that's why our issues have only ever go but so far. Right? Yeah. Because the respect that y'all have and love that y'all have and how y'all carried yourself in because one issue hurts everybody. Yeah. yeah. And I'll even say because of y'all's love, not even just in the up moments, in the low moments, yeah. that's what makes us come yeah, together. Absolutely. Because one, I'll say, I'm gonna get my own examples. Like when I say when I um, did get the little movie roles or whatever, I would say we weren't speaking, but Rachel did reach out to me. Like a few people here reached out to me last year when I was going through what I was going through. Everybody here, are you Everybody <laughs> here reached out to me, and we were not speaking. Everybody here wrote me long messages, like about their own lives, about my life, supporting me, and. When T had her cancer scare last year, like, we was all in D.C. at Ashley's house. But we flew down as soon as you called. I don't want y'all to panic, but uh, we get nothing. Let's go. Like, it all comes from, like, the love and foundation that y'all built. And that just, like, kind of trickled down to us to where I feel like even when y'all are gone, whatever the issue is, we always going to take care of each other. Yeah. I think what also helps kind of make the situation even more humbling is that when you are looking at somebody else's life and you're like, dang, I wish I had that. Because I've had conversations with Rachel, I can put business out there like that. Okay. But we've had conversations and I'd be like, before baby Ryan, like, I want a husband, I want my kid, I want my family, I want all of that. And Rachel's like, I wanted to go to school, I want my own apartment, like, mm -hmm. I want a car. Like, we look at each other and there's bits and pieces from each other's lives that we feel like we want mm -hmm. and maybe we're missing. So it humbled me to know that, like, dang, like, I may look at her life like, dang, that's what I want. And she may look at mine like, dang, I want those pieces, too. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like a motivating thing. Like, right. even though I have it right now, don't mean you can't get it later. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. 
Yeah, and I think to piggyback off of what Silvery said, like I appreciate the that is deep rooted. Like even when we have issues or whatever's going on, it's always gonna come back at some point because even if like we haven't spoke for years or whatever, I'm still gonna see Mr. McKay and it's hey daddy. Right, right, right. And he's like, Hey my daughter <laughs> And even if you know, whatever the differences are or whatever, I'm just like, Okay, but I haven't seen her in a while, but how's Rachel? Is she good? Is she okay? I'm still praying for her. I still wanna check you know what I mean? Even if we don't speak, it's still like that's still my sister, so I wanna make sure she's good even if we're in a low moment at the moment. And then it, now I feel like it's making me I probably didn't think about this before, but I'm thinking about it now because now I have kids. But <laughs> it's making me feel I wanna be more intentional about us because now a lot of us do have kids. Mm-hmm. And like sure. we about to be that Maybe. village for another group of people right. and yeah. we have to be more intentional about our actions. So that they can see the same things that we saw when we grew up and we were younger. Yeah, because now right. us talking about it makes me realize how important that is, especially the way the world is now. Right. Yeah, I was thinking the other day, because me and T, we see each other a lot because we live down the street from each other now. But then when I see Ryan, I'm like, oh, okay. So now we have to be very intentional about the conversations we have in front of Ryan and how we act in front of Ryan. And then I'm like, okay, well, we got certain things to fix because I'm like, oh my gosh, I was there when Mari was born, but now I haven't seen him in a long time, but I do want to be a part of his, you know, village, and because she has a daughter and I have a son, I'm like, oh my gosh, if me and Rachel could get together, it could be amazing for Maddox to see Mari, you know, so it makes you think, like, we the tell stuff, stories about yeah, it makes you think, like, the stuff that you're mad about or your feelings are hurt about, it doesn't even matter, like, we have to be intentional for the next generation that's coming behind us. My baby need her village. <laughs> I need my village. <laughs> Y'all about to be 30. Y'all about to be 30. Yeah. 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 Now we having a healing moment in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> choice in it because we all mm-hmm. lived you know together and um, I think for us again as parents I, you know we corrected each other maybe outside of you guys this thing but mm-hmm. to be intentional with you know our children uh, but you guys have you know sometimes grown out and grown apart or had things and then come back together and so as you just mentioned Sylvie one of the things is um, is that this is unique and it can be powerful to the next generation, Mm -hmm. right? So what is one thing, like I was saying, that you guys can do to ensure that for those of you who have children and for those of you who will have children, that you are intentional with the next generation? What is something that you can either take from something that we did wrong and you would do different, or something that you would take and appreciate it, and now do it to ensure that the next generation has the same opportunity that you had. To be a child when you were a child, to feel protected, all the things that you guys talked about. How can you be intentional? I think for me personally, like me and Laird would always wanna do whatever the older sisters were doing. And I think that one thing that I wish I could have changed and I won't carry on is getting so much in their business and their issues and making them my issues. I feel like what y'all go through is what y'all go through and we should not be a part of it because mm-hmm. it makes everything worse. Mm-hmm. And I just I think that's something that I wouldn't want to keep doing or encourage the next generation to do. Like what somebody is going through is what they're going through and has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that's something that I was gonna say not like that. <laughs> that. That's something I was gonna say. Also, um, something that I don't want my child to um, do that I do is hold grudges, um, because it's just not good. Uh, especially with people who um, are family, um, it's just not a good thing to do. So I just definitely wanna leave that behind and make sure he doesn't do anything like that. So. I would say communication. 
Um, I've just learned over the years that communication is key in any relationship, whether it's personal, mm -hmm. whether it's friendship. If there is something going on, then you guys need to talk about it right then and there mm -hmm. and just air it out so that it doesn't linger and hold on for years. Mm -hmm. And you're like, so what were we mad about? To right. 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 I mean, and at the end of the day, we're friends, we're family. So it's like, we're going to have ups and downs. I feel like if you don't argue with your friend, then you're not really friends. Right. right. Then you're being fake. So to have an argument, it's okay. Like in life, you're going to argue, you're going to disagree, but knowing how to argue in a healthy manner. Right. Having a healthy disagreement. That's okay to be like, I understand where you're coming from. I acknowledge that. I may not feel that way or feel like that wasn't my intention, but I get why I made you feel that way. Okay, so what can we do moving past that so that if it comes up again, we don't end up where we are now? Yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? A lot of our stuff happened when we were younger. Like, we were young and dumb, we were stupid. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, real, though. I'm not that that's person real. that I was back then. Right. Like, back then, I didn't care. Right. Oh, so you don't talk to me, you done? Right. Do you, yeah. boo? Yeah. But now it's like you can't. When you've gone through stuff, you don't just cut people out your life right, like, and right. be done with them. Like, it, you barely got enough people in your life as it is. Right, so right, it's right. like the ones that have been around, it's 21 years right here right. for all of us. Yeah. So 21 years yeah. is a lot to throw away over a miscommunication, a misunderstanding, something that should have never happened in the first place. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. So communicating. As you think of that, right, you know that all of you have to know that at some point, we had to have disagreements with your parents. Mm -hmm. and we just us. never saw it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. We didn't understand right. that already. Yeah. Right. But yeah, but uh, but, yeah, but y'all were smart enough to keep it from us. But in our mind, it just never happened. Right. Right. No. It was like one never thing happened. Y'all saw all of our hot messes. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing I do like is that y'all stayed out of it. Yes. Y'all right. yes. might have tried to bring it together, bring it together. Like, about a woosah, whatever. It may not have worked in that moment, but you stayed out of it because you're like right. at the end of the day. Like they were saying, we're always going to be around each other in some way, shape, yeah. or form. Right. Our parents are always going to go to somebody's function, whatever, graduation, moving, right. wedding, yeah. birth, whatever. So it's always going to be some sort of connection. So communication is the biggest thing. Yeah. And I want to say again, just for the audience, that again, for us, it was very intentional. We saw the going in, the drama, the this, the this. And, you know, for part of it, as you guys know, I have this ridiculous thing. I'm like, you know, there was even some pride in knowing that all of you are strong, right, in your own will. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with strong women, right, is I have to voice my opinion, but because you guys were less, you know, experienced and less mature, yeah. you didn't know how to, you know, focus you know, on, okay, yeah. it's yeah. just because that's her strength. Right. And she has a right to believe what yeah. she believes, and I have a right to believe what I believe in our own strength. But again, I say that to say, that that doesn't have to break up relationships. It's the value of being strong. And so as we, you know, as I said, you know, for us it was very intentional. We would see the drama, hear the stuff, and say, you know, they're gonna grow out of this. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna come back together. Because again, many times for us, especially in the militaries, like chosen family almost has a stronger back bond than blood than family. Blood family. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so But that's um, what made it kind yeah. of difficult too was because we're all chosen family but then we have our blood. But then it makes for me it made me feel bad like I'm gonna be loyal to my sister. But I also feel like these are my sisters. So it's hard right. but yeah. like right. at the end of the day I just feel like it was it's a bunch of like like you said, strong women, buddy heads, they're really just immature. Yeah, really <laughs> all just really yeah. immature. And because and maybe that's something I guess I appreciate that y'all did, but maybe it's something that we lacked because y'all didn't argue or heal in front of us that we didn't know and how to argue on our own because right. we just thought we were too yeah. proud. Right. Like, oh, this is it. <laughs> and then it's like, because that's my sister, I'm always going to have your back. So if you telling me somebody said or did, I'm going to have your back regardless of what, they, what you saying. Right. So, like, knowing that even though you're my sister in the situation, if you're wrong, you're wrong. And right. I need to let you know that you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And to get you to do what you need to do to mend whatever that relationship was or whatever went wrong. And I think now that we are older, we're able to do that right. more so than just... Mm -hmm. Oh, I got your back. Let's go beat her up. Whatever. Right. Because yeah. sometimes I would think my sister's wrong, but I ain't gonna say that because right. yeah. my sister. Right. Now at this age, I it's because I've had having other experiences mm -hmm. too. I know how to be like, got your back, love yeah. you. 
wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you need to talk this out. You need to apologize. You need to because it, especially now that we're older and you, you lose people, you yes. see mm-hmm. other how the other friendships and how they work right. and how women actually are, mm-hmm. and then you realize the value in this when you see how people right. outside of this yeah. really are and really mm-hmm. act, and that the love is not as genuine as this is right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what I probably would pass on to Maddox in dealing with these different situations is keeping his perspective clear. Like for me, I am a Pisces, I'm extremely sensitive and everything hurts my feelings. But I have to be mindful and I know that now that I'm older, that if my sister said something to me, whether it be Sylvia, whether it be Rachel, whether it be whoever, that is always gonna come from a place of love so you don't have to take it as somebody's bashing you or trying to hurt your feelings. Maybe they're just trying to better you because they love you. Mm-hmm. Instead of taking it like, oh my gosh, they just tried me. They just threw shade. It's yeah. never coming from that when it's people that love you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What Asian would do to you? Right. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> it's like this is a dynamic that not many people understand because it has been 21 years. So they don't understand that we're going to fuss and fight one day. And I might be upset with her one day, but I'm going to turn around and we're going to be back cool the next day because at the end, it's like family. You can fuss yeah. and argue with family, right. but y'all still going to be cool. So Ain't nobody going to come say nothing to me about y'all. Hey, hey, I was about to say that. They might see it as, oh, that's just fake. You was just mad at them the other day. Okay, I'm allowed to be upset. I'm entitled to my yeah. feelings. Yeah. And you can have yours too. But at the end of the day, if I want to be upset with them, I can be upset, but I'm still going to be turning around the next day and we're going to be fine. But mm-hmm. sometimes... Maybe that's Maybe. another thing is not venting to people or putting your problem yeah. into the hands of other yeah. people. Like everybody don't understand the dynamic. Don't give them that chance, that open to avenue. Jump in your stuff. Yeah, to have that opinion, and then you know we're always gonna be cool again anyway. Right. So I'm gonna turn around and talk about you with this person, and they gonna turn around and feel some type of way. Well, you just did, okay? Right. That's what we do. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Like it's real family. Like. We all get mad at our real sisters, our, not real, our blood sisters or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's on my sister. It's the same with everybody else here. Right. Like, we're all family, we're all sisters. So I'm going to get mad at Rachel, Ashley, whatever, one day, and then be cool with them the next. Right. It is what it is. And just so it's clear, when we are mad, can't nobody say nothing to them still. Because we still <laughs> got that back, even when we're not speaking. I will say this is, this friendship family is embedded on loyalty. I, what I've sure. learned from this is, the loyalty runs deep with us and whether we are into it or not speaking like we may go through our stuff but no we're not gonna let nobody on the outside down talk any one of us right or do, it, it's us against y'all i'm sorry I, remember, I can't remember who it was i remember somebody saying something to me about somebody before and them not even knowing that i knew them i'm like what are you talking about and i'm like Oh, no. <laughs> you know that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Relax. <laughs> this ain't that. So I'm going to um, bring it back to your um, father. So put your father in your mind. And um, think as young women, right? Whether you're married or you'll be married or are seeking so a relationship. <laughs> think about a trait of, about your dad that you know now has set a standard for you that you would want in a partner thank you for joining us for part one of the village the bonds that bind make sure you join us for part two